0: Yes, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, beautiful inner children of all ages, we have reached the final chat of Loose Lips of Thieve, and it is with the mayor of G-Town, Danny Matthews, he's in the building, so if he wants to send me a request and we'll get started, shout out M, sees you, Nicholas Starr as well, alright, here we go. Pete's back in. You want a bit of this? don't you Pete. Pete wants to be interviewed as well. I said, yes, mate. You know what? <laughs> I, I I I was like, he's gonna have a sick backdrop. He's gonna have a sick backdrop, <laughs> and he's in studio. Yeah, man. <laughs> How are you, my brother? I'm good, bro. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm real good. Thank you for having me on board. You know what, mate? Like, no word of a lie. Like, I was. Uh, Uh, The lady who inspired this, so I uh, did a chat on Monday, my first sort of set of features with the last calls, Claire Scott, uh, like familiar leads, Ed. But uh, she's just got a really inspiring, like, life story. And I've only met her, I've met her a couple of times. But, you know, when you get on a level and you just, like, it's one of them impactful conversations, one of the most enlightening chats that I had. Yeah, And uh, I was like, obviously, everything that's going on, I was like, you know, I've done the quiz, I'm trying different things. Like, you know what? I just want to chat with people. I was like, she's a vibe. I want to chat with her. And I was like, well, who else can I reach out to? And then I was like, I know it's going to be a vibe. I know it's going to be <laughs> a chat. I know it's going to bring it. I know it's <laughs> absolute marriage sounds. town. So, it, oh, wicked, mate, like, 100%, 100%, nothing but love for you, bro. Wicked. Same back, dude. I've been I've been watching today. Yeah, I've been catching
1: there where I can. I really enjoyed the trises, actually. And um, the lady you just had on before, and she was wicked.
0: Yeah, Kerry. So Kerry we, man, we, yeah. We, we used to uh, co-present on Made in Leeds' show Lowdown. Yes, 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 yes. That's so, where I know yeah, her from. Man. Yeah, man. Beautiful, beautiful. soul, but I'm going to switch the angle on you, you know, because the I reason why I chose the photo that I did is one of the things that I really love about you is how much you love your son. I really love how much you are a family man, you know. Cat, you like, I love it. Like, I love it, mate. It's like, you don't hide behind the fact that you're a parent, but you've not fully, like, it's not just like you're a parent, you're not going to get involved or else. It's like, I love the way that you both, like, balance that. But I, one thing I really admire, and that photo I think captures it the most, is it's like your best mate. It's almost like it's just one of your boys. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, can, yeah, yeah, for sure. Can you talk to me about how much having him's impacted and, you know, changed your life and just brought it to where it is, bro? Oh,
1: yeah, man. Um I must admit, uh, I was uh, I was worried. You know, when it became a file, I was thinking, "Man, this is this is a lot. This is a lot." And when we ha- when we had him, it just all went away. And you just like, this is just it. Just it's like a it's so much emotion, dude. There's so much emotion. And I, I'll be honest with you, it took me it it took me a few, you know, maybe seven, eight months to settle in. You know, like. Uh, truthfully, you know, it was like, geez, this is hard. <laughs> you know, I'm used to, I'm used to no sleep, et cetera. Uh, so that was cool. But, oh man, yeah, it was, it, it was like tough. But I tell you what, you know, when it, when it sort of clicked, when he started um sort of walking, right, seven, eight months. And then it's just like, wow, this guy's joined the, joined the party, you know. <laughs> um, and, and what someone told me, because I was like, oh, you know, I'm like, oh man, you know, taking him to festivals, oh that's gonna be tricky, take him on holiday. And it's like he's joined us, you know. So we're not we're not gonna we're not gonna change. We're not gonna change to be different people, we're not gonna just stay in and, you know, not do extreme sports, for example. You know, we're gonna take you on board and do things what he does. Um So and that's Catherine. an
0: interesting analogy of it. He's joined you so yeah, he's, he's joined us, he's man. signed up to what you's are about.
1: For sure, for sure. And someone, someone said, my, my pal Azusco, actually, who uh, I've got a shout out Azusco, uh, did a lot of stuff on film sets with him. He said, uh, when I when I was, we were, we were heavily pregnant, he goes, he chose you. And I thought, I like that, man. Do you know what I mean? It's like, you're only given who you can handle, I think. And um, coming up to like this for now, though, this stage in my life, I'm just buzzing to, to like show him stuff and, We've been on the scooter and it's like, you know, hold your foot like this and he'll go, bang, and then he's off. You know, it's just, it's the learning curve is fantastic, man. But time is just, it's fine. Time's flying, bro. It's just like three years has gone.
0: <laughs> it's mad. I mean, when, you, when you're sort of doing the things like, you know, teaching him how to catch a rugby ball or chilling with him, like you say, on the scooter, you know, like in a beaver, B3, it's got its own time zone. Mm. where it just mm. days last longer but you get more out of it is that how you'd like uh, uh put an analogy like that or can it be more you know, draining
1: no um no I, I i like that i mean you know it i kind of think with 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 kids you always want more uh more hours in the day and you always want less hours in the day <laughs> you know it's like because <laughs> you can be just it's exhausted so like i need to sleep you know or you know it's like let's go let's go climb a tree you know so it's um yeah, no, I, I I like
0: that. I do like that. It's um, but you know what now? I've
1: got so much say time that
0: again. You said, you know, sorry, sorry, brother. You said, you know what, and then you cut out no, really. slightly. So if you just want to pick up from that,
1: the situation that we're in now, okay, this weird situation. I found myself and I'm becoming a better dad because I've got more time with him. You know, all this shit's going on. You know, I've got to stay at home, of course, but it's like. You know, when you're out working, you get home late, you kind of miss missed the bedtime. Bedtime's gone, he's in bed. That hour that hour, two or two was gone. But now it's just wicked, man, to just spend loads of time with him and do little bits of sports here and there, do some painting. You know, help. He, he wants to help. Want, you know, I want to help. I want to help. You know, so it's like, well, come on then, let's take the washing out or make make a game out of that or, you know, I mean, with me, it's sports. It's going to be sports. You know, it's like... Um, All types of sports, but mostly snowboarding or something like that. So, as the time goes on, things are just going to get better and better, man. It's going to get harder, but it's going to get better.
0: I saw a really, really beautiful photo, which I hope you get put into, like, a canvas or something, where uh, Marley was hugging, so you're expecting another baby, and he's, he's like, kissing, like, cat's belly. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, a couple nights ago. Yeah, gorgeous. Yeah, man.
0: He seems really caring. But how, how, are you, how are you preparing for the, the next one? Do you, you know, like that again, like the addition, who's chose you?
1: Bro, it's, um, you know what, with all this stuff going on, it, it gets your backs on your, your hair on your back and neck going up, you know, I must admit. But we're taking each day as it comes. We're shielding Catherine, you know, she's not going anywhere, which is, it does suck because she likes to be out and about. You know, that's what she does. She's, she was in London three weeks ago, you know, working still you know big bump and all so it's like um it's batting down the hatches but the second one you've already been through the first one so I just can't wait man for round 2 you know i think it's going to be really cool i think marley's going to be an incredible big brother um Catherine's an amazing mum i i have really enjoyed fatherhood so yeah no roll on, roll on number 2 man she's already she's already on about number 3 bro <laughs>
0: And when, when, when's the expected
1: date? Uh, 25th of May, so uh, yeah, end of May. Yeah, so a lovely time. We're we'll going to summer, you know, and obviously we're going to be at home. It's going to be great. We're going to hang out. Um, Yeah, roll on end of May, man. I just, but we've got a house move to do. So <laughs> as soon as I've done that, then we can have the baby, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah, Matt, you've shown me a picture of that garden. You know, that's going to be levels. Oh, bro, I bro. That can take place at Glastonbury. It's meant to be.
1: Dude, Glaston baby.
0: <laughs> Glaston baby. That is why he's the mayor of G-Town. Straight in, straight in for the bars. Now, would you like to? I, I've always been interested in this. Like, I have an idea of what you do and an inkling of what you do, but you end up in some of the coolest spots with your with your job role. So would you like to give a title of what your job role is, some of the things that you've done, and then we can sort of maybe pick that apart? Yeah, man, for sure.
1: So um, my role at the minute is, is assistant director, uh in in mostly T V commercials, but I also do live events like the Brit Awards and uh, Europe, uh European Music Awards, stuff like that, MTV MAs. Wait, do...
0: wait, 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 South Go Africa. On. Say again. South South Africa. <clears throat> oh
1: yeah. So uh, those big live shows that I, I'm I'm on board with that is more of a um an artist liaison thing. So I did a massive show in South Africa, in Joburg. Shout out to all my Joburg peeps, man. I love those guys. They are unbelievable people. Um, South Africans are just incredible, man. Absolutely incredible. Uh, we did the Nelson Mandela 100th birthday. It was called Global Citizen. Um, and they raised something crazy like $700 billion. It was absolutely out- It was absolutely outrageous, man. But so what I was doing on that was, long story short, Henry Sheldon, um, who is the stage manager, the shot caller on on the uh, talent side, he invited ten of us. I think there was ten of us to come on board and help him uh, as artist liaison on, or say managers of areas. So I was managing the. It was. It wasn't a, a green room. It was a green festival, bro. Right, <laughs> the 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 arena was a, I think it was a ninety thousand person arena. The, I think it's called the FHB arena. I can't remember now. So 90,000 people in there, but for green rooms, you know, you normally have like six green rooms out the back of the stages or whatever, um, a or in the theatre. It was a green festival, dude. It was it was this, it was was this, the size of the backstage of Glastow. It was nuts, man, it was nuts. So I was overseeing the transport of all bands and all uh, uh, talent from our um, green room festival over to stage. So I, I had, I think I had 40 people underneath me and basically I was running Beyonce's band and oh uh, uh, well, gosh, there was so many dude, there was so many. Um, God, you, you, Usher, there were just so many. I'd have to get the uh, t-shirt out. Um, Femi, Kunti, Femi Kuti, Femi Kuti, he was there. So I was basically doing the bands, the backing singers, the guitars, the technical, getting all them from our area back, of backstage to the stage um so i've done a lot i've done a lot of those live shows uh you know brit awards um done a few like fashion awards every now and again they're rubbish <laughs> <laughs> but i'm i'm more like to be, do the the music side of things huh, Berg's on the feed um yeah
0: merry gee town
1: so yeah um uh so that's the live the live shows sort of things uh, but i 've also got something coming up which i, I did tell you about which, we yeah, but talk which about I after. Say, but yeah, yeah. now we can say now we can say now okay, yeah. we 'll we'll talk we 'll talk about it in a sec uh, okay. if you don 't mind but uh basically I, I work as an assistant director uh in t v commercials promos live events, and what our job is um, there's there 's different levels the first a d second a d and third a d and i I started off as a runner, so sweeping the stage floors, making the tees picking up the director, stuff like that. And uh, in the running department, that's the uh, assistant director's department. It would be runner, third AD, who looks after the uh, background cast. Second assistant director that looks after the, the um, premier cast, or so the the high-end cast, you would call it, like the A-listers. Han, stozy boy. Um, and then the first assistant director, which I'm moving into, uh, albeit very small sets at the minute, um, and uh, I've, I've gosh, I've been all sorts, man, all sorts in, in running and third aiding, but second aiding and first aiding is, is where I'm moving into.
0: It, how how do you find yourself into that? Like, how you know, G- good yeah, question, how bro. You even start with that because have you worked your way up, like you said, from the different roles, or for sure, you know, for sure. And, and also, what inspired you to get into that sector?
1: Right, I'll answer your second question first, which will lead us into the um first <laughs> um i used to film everything growing up i, I had a, a big high 8 video camera then it went to mini dv i mean you know i had a vhs camcorder at one point i just filmed and filmed and filmed and filmed and i just i just loved films loved it. i had a huge passion for music but films came first oh yeah so like film 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 bro. i just i just loved it you know like Growing growing up, it was sort of cartoons and then it was sort of like Mr. Bean and stuff, you know, that you watch at the young. And then, so long story short, I went to a school called Poplington, near York, boarding school. I did my time, bro, four years inside, boarding school flex. (laughs) I did my time, a four stretch. (laughs) So um, I, my art teacher there was also a video photography teacher and he was called Mr. Pete Edwards massive love to pete edwards and he got in me into editing um so editing uh oh we've got a special guest yes excuse me would you like to come on ben's show
0: yeah how are you look at that green.
1: you say have said hello to ben
0: hello he wants to
1: play he wants to play tunes (laughs)
0: ah yeah exactly
1: about he played Batman on my push on radio show on yeah, Friday night. Yeah.
0: Yes, <laughs> Ah, bless you. We're just
1: we're just gonna I'm just doing a, a quick interview and then we can play Batman, I promise. Okay. Okay. Say bye s- bye,
0: bye. bye Star man. of the show, Marley. <laughs> Whoop Bye. bye. bye bless you. Bless you. Go oh, on, my lad. Yes,
1: lad. No, yeah, you could have it. <laughs> He's just taken my my thirty cents from my Euro piggy bank. He can have it. He can have it. <laughs> so yeah, bro. Um, one minute, I'll just um, he'll come back in and try to play a dub plate in a minute. So <laughs> you should get him yeah. on a dub plate, dude. I've got. I've, I've actually done a few bits of recording over some like moody, like um, like dub music. It sounds wicked because his voice is really high. It sounds proper strange. So um, back to Pete Edwards. He showed me video editing. And I was just like, oh, man, my my mind was like, what, what? And we used to make school films and stuff. What age is this? uh, So this is is, uh, 15. I had a bit of a troubled time at school before that. And long story short, I got asked to leave. You know what I mean? So I moved on to a, a next school with a fresh start. And I just fell in love with art and video photography, basically. I was doing a GCSE in geography and it was shite. (laughs) <laughs> moved to this new school, I won't get into too much detail, man. you don't hear all the, the, the crap stuff, but um, yeah new start, got into art, and oh man, my my mind just, just exploded, so Pete Edwards who I've got a lot, lot of time and a lot of respect for that man bro he showed me editing and filmmaking so we'd make little films like Rocky Horror Picture Show rip-offs and stuff and this is when I was 15, 16, 17 and 18, so Signing up for university, I was like, like "Man, I want to just do film, whatever." Absolute soggy biscuit. I know. Good <laughs> <laughs> on oh, my last. How are you? Um, so I said, "I've got to, I've got to go do film." So I went to the Leeds Met and did a media course. It wasn't for me though. It just was a bit. It was a, not what I was looking for, dude. So then from there, I went to the University of Leeds and did cinema, photography, and television. Now. A few mod- modules weren't weren't that good. They just it just didn't work. You know, it was just like wasn't practical filmmaking, and it was just a bit hept- too heavy essay writing. Here he comes. <laughs> you can't play that plate. You, you can't play Alberosi. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so University of Leeds fell in love with some the practical. The pra- the, some of the modules were like essay writing and like ripping apart old films. It was like, I can totally appreciate this, but I thought I was gonna be hands-on um, filmmaking. So the hands-on filmmaking stuff was wicked. And I was just like, whoa. Flash forward to the end of uni. By the way, uni was an incredible time in my life, man. Got into music, met the best friends ever, you know, you included, you know, Leeds was so, so good for oneself, you know? And I think a load of people felt that, you know, like I had so much extracurricular activities you know i got a, i got got i got, a, I got a first in some of them shits as well <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so well, i'm now finishing uni i'm like i want to be in the film industry i don't really know what i want to do like i don't want to be an actor um you know i'd like to be part of the crew it's like i started researching. and i thought i don't know how, how i'm going to get into this
0: yeah exactly it seems like so, such
1: which a comes to my world. point now it's all about having it in it's not who you know, who you know. It's about having an in, and my in was a friend of my dad's. Uh, he he had a friend who ran a production company, okay, and they used to do the DFS commercials. So oh, so, yeah. and they, they used to shoot those on film, man, up till up till t- 2010. Yeah, that's because they're always on sale. Like, hey, bro, every bank no, holiday listen, they have a sale, I was, bro. I was always in work because I was doing film shoots on DFS. They've always got a sale, and I was at work, so I joined as a runner. And now I didn't know what a runner was or if I should join as another part of the department. But I knew like early on that a runner helped the shoot run and you got to see every department. And, um, you know, from there I'd be like, oh, I like, can see what I want to do here. So to get into the film industry, it's about having an in. And that's just someone to help you get through the door. In my when experience... Say, sorry,
0: sorry, when you say an in... So you've got, in. An in
1: as in... Your your friend, you know, yeah, yeah,
0: someone, but, but more oh. more so <laughs> when you say, uh, an in, come on, you one second, bro.
1: He's causing a ruckus. This, like, come on, watch out, watch out, because I'll open the door.
0: There you and go, you, he's bringing the noise. There you go, oh. his gate crashing, That's he's crashing, the, the gate crashing, stealing, sure, sharp miles. Okay. <laughs> For anybody who's just uh, joined in, I'm speaking with Danny Matthews. He's the mayor of Keytown one of the soundest brothers that you'll ever get to meet, and he's just uh, taking us through his uh, progression into the career that he's in now. But wh- what I was just saying before, you said sorry, like the um, you're in, yeah, but so going to lead him. You know, not just the explanation of the in, but is it more an in that you've got something on your um, on your CV potentially? as an in, because, or is it referrals from one to the next to the next?
1: Well, you know what? Uh, You could have the best CV in the world, but sometimes that CV doesn't get to the right person. So I I can only speak from experience. My in was, was, uh, you know, a friend of a friend who owned a production company. I know a load of other people who've gone on into a department because they know someone who's a, a joiner or something, and they'd started to build sets. And once you've got that first shoot under your belt, bro, that's your CV, you know? Because you could have, to be honest with you, you could have been to uni, you could have been to um, a New York film school or, you know, you name it. If you've not really had any on-set experience, it's kind of like, you know, it doesn't really matter. You know, you've got to have that on-set experience, in my opinion. Um, And from there, you know, I just was saying, yes. You know, it was like, do you, want to, do you want to work on a carpet uh, advert? Two days, yes. Do you want to work on a, on a yogurt commercial? Yes. And from then on in, once I had a couple of shoots under my belt, this is about two years, I was living at home, um, just saving up really. For, I didn't know what dude actually. And Matt Clyde, who I've got to give a massive shout out to, um, he was the first AD on the DFS commercials. And he said, you ever thought about moving to London? And I said, uh, "Oh, not really, man. I'm, you know, I'm a bit, I was a bit, you know, Yorkshire. I was a bit, I was a bit too proud, bro. I was a bit like, I'm not fucking going to London. Do <laughs> you know what I mean? London. Anyway, uh, two months later, dude, I had a, I had a, a suitcase, and I was on a train from Leeds to London uh, with no, with a, with, a, with a, 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 a one week in a rented apartment that my dad bought me, right? Because I no, didn't have a place to stay." And I just thought I'm going to go for this and see what happens. I've got I've got a job lined up, you know, a couple of jobs. And bear in mind, this is loose, loose, loose. Um. Bear in mind, this is freelance, so you never know when your next job's going to come. So I just thought, fuck it. I said, babe, I think I'm going to come to London. She's like, well,
0: I've been thinking about that. This is Catherine, uh, who. Uh, so, so, so let's intersect that then. So I didn't on. know he was with Kat at that time. So yeah, man. Maybe like interlink that world as well into I'm, how you.
1: I, you know what? I'm, I so I met Catherine, and good God, I can't even remember the year. She's going to kill me. Uh, in two thousand and seven, uh, in in um, in basics in Leeds, and we literally. Oh no! Sorry, excuse me. Roll it back. I moved. This is. I said this is a longer story. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Rewind selector. Check, 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 check. Check this out. So, um, me and my pal Rob Bradley at school wanted to go to uni in Leeds, but we didn't have anywhere to live, and we wanted to go into halls, but we missed the bloody halls application. Right, we messed up. I think we were, I think we were away, I think we were away getting drunk in a farm in East Yorkshire at the time. Anyway, uh, we were like shit, so we went to a house meeting day. Okay, where there was six lads turned up one guy from Doncaster, one guy from Hull, one guy from London. Uh, and we were like, we, we were, we were catching, talk, chotting around. And we were saying, should we just get, get a house together? So we got, we got a flat in Headingley. Uh, sorry, a terrace house in Headingley. And Adam, right, just, just, we're going to go here, we're going to go. He had a girlfriend who lived down the road, right? And Catherine lived with her. So, We went down to this house party and I sat next to her and I've got this picture of us, bro, which I was the first moment we met. I'll have to send you it. Um, I sat down with her and I swear to God, bro, that was it. The rest is history. Ah. uh, I swear to God. We went went, went to this house party, sat next to her and and that's it, bro. That's all I can remember. Went out to basics and we were going out. I swear to God. (laughs) She... she, (laughs) She did say, though, and I don't know if she'll she'll get me for saying this. She said, You're gonna ask me out then, or what? (laughs) Yes, I broke flash forward gosh, uh, 15 years this September, married for five. Thank you. Um, and so this, so this, this would be 2012, this is 2012 now, dude, when I'm when I've said. I'm thinking of moving to London. She said, well, I'm thinking about it six months later. We're, we're serious as, as anything, dude. We're going to get married. It's like, it's on. But, you know, we were like, let's just do it. So I moved down six months before she had a contract in Harrogate because Catherine's in the charity business. She's worked How was many. that
0: How was that, oh,
1: man. that time? It was, it was tough, bro. It was tough. She used to come down, and I swear to God, I had the room a, a room the size of a double bed, and I had a single bed in it. So that was half the room in London. Seven hundred pound a month, lad. Seven hundred pound. Jesus. <laughs> so um, uh, <laughs> so yes, it was. It was. It was really rubbish, man. Because we were so close, all the way through uni, all the way through everything.
0: You've got to be close in that in order to, you know, a lot of uh, people may prevent other people going to another city or moving away at that time. So that shows the strength in yeah. how close we were. Yeah, man.
1: Yeah, no, I mean. If, it, if she said, I, I want to move to bloody, gosh, I don't know, I, I want to move to Timbuktu, I'd go with her, you know. And it's like, I said, I'm going to go to London. So it wasn't, wasn't too different. Um, so <laughs> I went down and then, so I'm, I'm scraping for work, but doing, doing bits and pieces here and there, I've got some money saved up. And then I just was saying yes, to, as in to, to running, you know, running on film sets. And God, man, you, you, you can, you'd end up on anything, dude, in anywhere. And I tell you what, I learned London very quickly because I'd be in Chelsea one morning, and then I'd be in Shoreditch, and then I'd be in uh, Greenwich, and then I'd be in Primrose Hill. And it was just like, oh, this is ace, you know? And, like, I'm beating rush hour because I've got to be there at seven, and I'm leaving after rush hour. So I was like, sweet, man. You know, just, I was just cruising through London in, in, with no traffic. It was ace. So, but long story short, I, I've got a
0: massive amount of respect and love for London.
1: It did, it did... Do you did. Do you feel
0: that... Um... You have to learn to live, London. You know, hand to mouth, almost like you have to. You have to have an ambition of what you are going there to get out of. Otherwise, you can get caught in it because it is so expensive that you may sacrifice some of the luxuries. But you're in it for the bigger picture of what it's going to get you.
1: Yeah, t- well said, man. Totally, that's that's exactly how it is. I think you've got to put it in, but to to get it out. But also, we moved into not the center, that's impossible. We, we moved into Hackney, which is London. People are like, why don't you save a bit of money and live in Essex? He's like, I didn't want to move to Essex. I want to move to <laughs> London, you know? I want to be in the thick of it, man. You know, as yeah, thick as yeah. it comes. I mean, I, I remember walking one time, this one summer night, and it was like, we'd finished a, a rave, this yeah. is early morning. You'd be walking up Broadway Market, there's a band jamming, you know, there's an art exhibition starting up, there's a restaurant opening for breakfast, it's just, it's just unreal, man. You know, I, I absolutely, I've got so much love for London. You know, and I miss it. I do miss it. You know, I'm Yorkshire through and through, man. Leeds all the way. But London can give you so much. But it, it's it, tough, and you've got to put ta- in.
0: It takes a lot, though, from you, doesn't it? And I know, yeah. like, we still like continuing with tales. So, if you want to keep it up, like, but if you don't mind me like jumping in at bits, because of course, my Let's to, like the the narrative of what. Let's we're dig at. and zag. But but do you feel that? Um, by been down in London there's things that you can take hey, from there boy. that you, you can take from there that you can bring back up. Yeah. Because, um, because I feel where we're suffering with Leeds is that yes. Um,
1: come on you, spend time.
0: I feel I feel where we're suffering in Leeds Sorry, dude, could you could you start that question again? Yeah, of course I can, brother. <laughs> Hit me with it again. What I was saying is that um Do you feel there's some bits that what you experience in London, you can bring back to Leeds? Because I feel we're fortunate in a sense that you come back. You know, there's a lot of people that move and they never come back. And we lose great people in the city where they're they're learning, they're fledgling in their careers and they get to a point, but it's a glass ceiling. And then they go and imagine all that creative talent and that expression if we had in this city, it you know like would compete completely and would be on that level, and I think that 's the difference is it's the opportunity so I wonder in the reverse pause, is there things that you've delved and discovered down there that you think we could adopt and bring back
1: i I think um I think there's so much going on i think that the fact the fact that there's you know, 10 mil- million people in, in one city. You know, there's, there's a lot going on and a lot more than, than I think, you know, a, a small, I mean, Leeds is, is a very big, sorry, is a small but very largely creative city, you know? And so is Birmingham, Manchester. and But they're, they're, they're very small compared to London. And what, I'm trying to, I think there's so much going on and there's so, I think this, London's got so many different events, but there's always a crowd. You know, there's always, a restaurant's always full. A rave's always full, you know, where you might have six raves on on a a Friday night in Leeds. One might be dead, two might be dead. But this is
0: the thing. I think it's the people, the
1: people. I mean, you know, Leeds ain't ain't missing creative and loving and and, uh, like-minded people. But London has six times as many of
0: them. And then 10 times on top of that, the people that will go to that.
1: For sure. For sure. So I think that, I think that's the difference. It's the it's the, the the amount in people. I mean the love's still the same, you know, but it, it's it's a it's a huge, huge place with so much going on. You know, you'd never see it all. You know, it's like uh it's like going to America on holiday. You ain't gonna see it all. <laughs> you know? It's like going anywhere on holiday. But um yeah, man, I think I think you can get so much out of London though, bro. You really can. I think I, I would recommend it to anyone who Maybe wants to change the scenery or go up, go up a bit or get involved in something completely different. You do know, you don't
0: think it was the time that you caught it. or Do you think that's just the consistency of London that whenever you dip in, it's always there? Because I, I'd, I'd like to sort of maybe ponder that the time that you went, maybe it, it was. You know, your seven hundred double bedroom is probably now eleven hundred. Do you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, for sure. Good point. Like, it's everything's money-wise. Everything's always going up. And there is months where you're proper struggling. But there's also times where you walk out your front door and you've got a festival in the park, free, you know? So I I, I think it was a great time for me. There's always great times for other people, for sure.
0: For sure. So, so bringing it back to you, obviously, going down for work reasons and, you know, you're making the contacts and stuff, when did you really feel you were making a bit of headway into it? I'll
1: uh, tell you what, dude, it was, it was October... 2013 I remember it vividly bro I got booked for uh this was um used to get penciled for work you know one day two day three day in, in a two-week stint I got penciled for 18 days like 18 different jobs it was just like Are serious yeah yeah no it was it was nuts bro it was nuts and I did seven I did seven shoots in seven days which is ace but when you're setting it this the the job up every morning You've got to do that every single morning. It was like it was good for your man because it made you work time good.
0: He said, uh sorry, you just froze then. We were just saying on uh the moment where it, it made you work. Just see if we can get him back. As well, anybody who's uh watching on just while we're getting him back, anybody who wants to leave any questions for him, let him know. Uh, or any shout outs keep those comments coming i know that people are locked and there's a lot of love for mr matthews mera g town but sorry bro you just cut out as you're yeah, saying yeah uh, yeah my um, um basically getting into that story so where were we you were just saying that you had uh, to set it up every morning so yeah were, so you, basically
1: you... october 2013 i got seven jobs in seven days and this was like one for sky um, I think there was like one for Rankin, the photographer. It, w- it was nuts, man. It was like, like what the hell? This is, this is wicked. You know, this is what I've been working is that for. All, is that all through referrals? This is all for you doing the best you can. And this is for any person in the film industry as a freelancer, any department, doing the best you can, you know, getting involved, uh, making an impression and doing a good job, being nice and, you know, getting re-invoiced in on time. <laughs> um, it's, uh, it's all about doing good on the job, bro, and getting invited back you know, and you will fall in with different crews like this camera department crews, you know, like that stick together. I've got my assistant directing guys and my running guys and I'm a runner for other guys, you know, and girls. So you always have little crews, you know, and I kind of look at it like this. some If, if someone wanted to do a, a big shoot where there's, a, there's 200 extras dressed in medieval stuff, they're not gonna call the assistant director who's really good at tabletop barbecue food stuff. They're gonna call the guy who likes to be muddy, likes to be in the rain, you know and that was our little crew you know we'd like to be out and about doing you know not big stuff but uh moving cogs and sort of you know big sort of out on location stuff so i remember it vividly bro was that october 2013 when i uh um not that my career took off but i was like oh this is happening now you know this is really happening and um after that it was like the, the phone didn't stop ringing which was ace
0: was there a moment before that October where you were like, It's happening, keep on or were the moments push on, wait, we'll get Always to that. Or was the uh was the moments where you were like it's just stoltering and, you know, like it's not getting there, you know, or what it job, 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 job boom. No nah, man,
1: no, no, no. No. It was it was a month would go where you hadn't got any work, you know, and, and you sort of had to hold on and, and be eating meal deals, you know, and super um, noodles getting for sure bro pot noodles t- you know get, get two feedings out of them um <laughs> there was certainly times bro and also there was times where i was stuck in a bit of a rut in i think it was 20 i think it was, oh, it was 2016 i was stuck in a bit of a rut bro i was kind of not moving up where i wanted to be and i just kept on getting a, you know bits you know you know bit stuck at the bottom of the pile and, and just like there was, there was a bit of struggle there you know there was a, a bit of like. Oh, can't be bothered with this. And then I spoke to a couple of people who were a bit ahead of me, and they were like, "Listen, man, it's called It's called like the the runner's itch. You know, you know the you've, you've got to just get through it. You know, I know I, I know what it's like, and I remember that now. And I remember passing that down to a couple of people recently, actually on jobs. Um, so yeah, it, it wasn't like it wasn't a steady up, you know, a upward curve or whatever. It was up and down, up and down. But I do remember after October 2013, it was a constant up. Uh, like a nice gradual up. It wasn't like flavor of the month and shit. It was um, lovely, gradual growth, you know?
0: How have you managed to balance moving back to Leeds but still traveling around for work? Because it seems like the sector's very London-centric, yet you've still managed to come back to the roots, but yet still keep the contacts and still keep productive. How have you managed to juggle that?
1: Nice. Yeah, nice question. Basically, dude, I because I sort of went up a peg in my role um, – which which comes more responsibility, uh, maybe more days, you know, and, and, and slightly more money, um, it would sort of be able to, to take those weeks off to look after Marley and, you know, do the house bits or whatever. So I could then say, like, I went over with, with Channel 4 and, and did SES Who Dares Wins I'm
0: glad you brought this up because I was leading at that. So I'll let well, people know where you went because this is ridiculous, bro.
1: No, man. It, this, so this is like how 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 it how it came to be, which was like um, basically I'd, I'd go away and do longer formatting shows instead of sort of one day, two day, three day, ten days. It would sort of be I'd go away for say ten weeks, and then I'd have a, a, a month off, for example. But it, it's it's hard, man. It's hard. Cause I like to be around, you know, I like to be with Kevin and Marley, of course, but I also want to be away shooting, so it's, it's you've got to have the balance, dude, you've got to, and the balance, the balance was good, um, but for, for say, for that job, best thing I've ever done, bro, like, hands down, the best experience, maybe, of my life, I'd say it. You want it.
0: to let people know what that role was?
1: Yeah, so that role, you know, we were talking about the assistant director's department, um, In TV, it's slightly different. Uh, I was the third assistant director on the SAS Who Dares Wins series four when we were in Chile.
0: Was it it a celebrity one?
1: Uh, It was the civilian and celebrity one. We shot them back to back. And uh, yeah, man, I got I got the call from my man Shay Bradley. Shout out Shay, massive shout out to Shay. No, I think he he might have texted me. I think he said SAS Chile. And like we've had one of these before, he's texted me saying, I did a show for the BBC in, in 2015, I think it was, uh, about the SAS. And he, he, I think he, t- he texted SAS Wales. And I replied, yes. And um, flash forward to, oh gosh, I think it, might, was, it, I think it was 2018. No, it was 2018. I think. Um, he texted me, Shay texted me, SAS Chile. And I just went, yes. <laughs> and then I spoke to Catherine, babe, I've really got to do this. So, yeah, man, um, the best the best experience I've ever had, be it work, life, fun, you name it, travel. Um, <clears throat> it was
0: unbelievable. Can you explain um, the sort of production crew element of it in a sense of what's always stood out to me is when I'm watching something like, life or planet earth is the devotion of the staff that really don't get seen in front of camera but everything that goes into it so you might have a camera operator that's worked there for three years before they get the shot but really don't get the like uh, kudos or you know the shouts for it so how long before the actual shoot are you out on location and setting things up can you maybe give a bit more of a, an insight into that please
1: Definitely. So <clears throat> let's just, let's, for, for, the, for this job, for example, where uh, it was by Minnow Films for Channel 4, there was a crew of, I think, of 120 people. That was split into three sections. Two sections were Channel 4, Minnow Films, UK, and one section was Tantor Films from Chile. So that was the local drivers and the fixers and the locations guys. Uh, and then say there was, uh, there was two, two then separate crews um, from Minnow Films. One called the on rig, and one called the off rig. I was on the off rig, and basically that's all the on location stuff. So the on rig would be the Big Brother house, you know, little cameras, controls, and you know, zooming in on people and <laughs> you know, zooming on people. buddy I don't know. Vaseline in their ass crack all day long, you know, <laughs> 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 you know, uh, really cool. I mean, they get some amazing stuff on rig, man, because it's just 24 hour, 24 seven filming. So uh, but I can't say for much on the on rig guys because we were off rig. We were location stuff, which is where I want to be for sure. You know, um, Do you get to choose. No, you don't get to choose, dude. But it's, it's I guess it's your skill set. But they, they cross over. They cross over. My pal Sam Washington is the uh, the AD on rig, and he's a brilliant AD man. You know, like it's a lot of things to keep going on rig. You know, Big Brother House thing is a load to do. Um, but off rig, which I can speak for on that job, um, you you would have I think eight eight to ten cameras running at one time, a drone setup. You'd have very high end health and safety guys who are just the best of the best, looking out for us all. You'd have a crew of rope people. Shout out my man, Swifty. Amazing rope guys who put all the safe rigging. I mean, it's just like, you want to hang a Land Rover off a piece of string, they can do it. Do you know what I mean, man? Then you've got the production side of things like the the producers, the production managers, the line managers, they keep us all safe and keep us all ticking and where we need to be. And then you've got my department working under Shea, which would be the assistant directing department, which schedule the shoot, keep it moving. I would jump onto the next challenge to make it sure it's set up. So to go back to your, your original question, we flew out there, I think it was about five days before shooting began to go on reccees. But there's always a crew out there who have been out in bloody four months ahead scouting with, with, with the DS, with Ant and Billy, Ollie and Foxy, you know, finding, because it's their course, they designed the course. And I must shout out those guys as well, man, because they are wicked fucking dudes, man, you know. Um, uh, Foxy's a dickhead. We... <laughs> <laughs> but um they're all lovely and billy ollie foxy they're all fucking amazing people man and real pleasure to work alongside them but uh we were out there say six days beforehand wrecking scheduling you know we'd be in meetings deciding what we're going to do where we're going to do it and then i think it was two days per episode and there was six days six episodes so those 12 shoot days so first day till day 12 straight through i mean you some nights you're pulling all-nighters. Some nights you got the rest. Uh, conditions as well. Yeah, man. Whatever they did, we ran with them. Some of the camera guys run the course twice with them. You know, it, it, there's just... And you know what, dude? On SES Who Dares Wins, that you're shown 20% of what they actually do. Wow. I, you know, I'm not kidding you, man. They get beasted all day, all night. You know, they, they a challenge might last let's say the rope climbing one, you know, where you come down facing forwards, you might be on the side of the hill for eight, eight hours, you know, we'd be watching that and that would get about 10 minutes of airtime. Shit. Yeah. You know, and they might pick a story out of that, which they'll go with, but it was just fantastic, man. The location, I mean, Chile was just one of the most breathtaking places. I and mean, I, I love the mountains, I love the snow, but when you stood on the mat- a mountain for 20 hours and your feet have gone, you know, it's like, <sighs> <laughs>
0: this is tough. Were you in a what's the Strokes album called or the tune? My my, mayo pasio. Oh uh, bit, no, we, you know <laughs> what I'm on about. Which bit <laughs> of Chile were you in? We we were in
1: uh, San Jose de Maipo, which is the uh, the Maipo Valley, so it's uh,
0: um,
1: southeast of Santiago.
0: Have you ever considered doing a vlog? Because I th- and would you be allowed to? Because obviously these sort of things need to get signed off and released, but I think like what you just spoke about there, if you are able to capture certain bits and you're able to fit it in, I think edited well, that'd be incredible because it's such oh, a great man. insight and you get to meet the characters that you're speaking about behind the scenes.
1: So to be honest, my camera roll is full of wicked videos and fucking, yeah, pictures from that, um, that 10 weeks, but I wouldn't be able to put anything out. I mean, there is a behind the scenes crew you know, and they're getting content, and, and as, as as shows go on now, there's always a behind-the-scenes crew. There's always a vlog side of things. So I think maybe if you've, had, you've caught something wicked, or maybe on your phone or a little DSLR camera that you had, I think you could probably give it in to those guys, but I personally wouldn't have... I mean, I'd love to do a vlog. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be wicked. It'd be really, really fun to do. But to do my job properly, I wouldn't have time to whip yeah, out the bad. camera, you know? I'm, uh, I'm, I guess my vlog is the show, you know, it's, uh, it's keeping it's the show running and making sure we've got everything and uh, that we need for the next shot or the people are in the right place or we've, I'm um, picking up the, you know, the kit and carrying with the guys, you know, all sorts of bits and pieces, man.
0: I'm, I'm grateful for your time and I know, and again, bless you, being the best dad that you are, you want to put Miley in bed and that and we're running after the time. I wonder if I could just pick your head for just a couple of moments because I'd be remiss if I didn't speak about it. Obviously, oh, bro, I let's. We, I,
1: I think we're on a, We need to go to eight o'clock now. I could go till nine. Yes, but let's do eight you o'clock. Know that.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Obviously, that's one side of the the chat that I really wanted to cover off because it's an interesting side and it's an incredible side, and I don't really think it's a focused on side in in you know your expertise or what you do, even though it's quite a prevalent part of your life because obviously it's synonymous with another era of your life in the Leeds fraternity. And I think it would be a bit scandalous if, if I didn't uh, focus on that. So I was speaking with Tristan earlier. uh had a great chat. Anyone who's listening, check out any of the earlier loose lips chats that we did. And he, he'd give you a shout, man. And actually, it was off the cuff as well. He was huh. like, he remembers the first time that he met you. Uh, it, was in, um, it was in Basics. And he's Mrs. Grace, I believe. She's crazy, the yeah. photographer, and should yeah, like, yeah. take a photo." Of I this know, guy. I know
1: the moment. I know the moment.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he was, he was regaling and reminiscing about that, and obviously said we got on a level and that. But one of the things that he said was uh, uh, a live source that like, helps you spin around. Yeah, Chloe knows. Shout out, Chloe. As if you live like four streets down, and I never see you or Luke. But that's another subject. but Anyway, you guys uh, need to link up big time. Well, when you're at Edinburgh, you're the glue, that, and and it brings it bro. back to what it brings it back to what Tris was saying. Squeeze me
1: out, bro. Squeeze me
0: out. <laughs> you know me and sponges. SpongeBob SquarePants shout out. But uh, what 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 he was saying is that uh, for nights to have a sort of consistent relevance, you almost need to orbit around the sun again by grasping not the sun. And Rockaby was that. And oh wow! Would you wow. please like to give your your celebration and your thoughts in? how it, you know, what it became, because what it became, it, you know, I remember Ketaloko eras, and if you're of a certain era of Leeds, there are nights that people will tell you about, and you are up in that, like, you're up in that echelon, really. You know, obviously, my generation was more Ketaloko, and I'm not displaying smoke, but the relevance of the importance of your after parties, I remember going to yours, and Tim Sheridan were playing, and fire alarms were going off. do you know what I'm saying? So you still had people Amazing. Yeah, man. so yeah, couldn't I? You are of that you are of that regard. You are, man. You well, in the Leeds folklore, if someone wrote a book on Leeds after parties and didn't mention yourselves, then it's not it's not truthful, is it? So you definitely played your part. So could you tell us a bit more about those times, please?
1: Definitely, man. Uh first things first, shout out TDC, my bro, Tripstander Cooner, man, every time. Um I've learned so much from him over the years, dude. Like I really enjoyed what you're saying about uh, he was talking about schooling and teaching, etc. And but I've, I've got so much respect for Tris uh, and all, all the basics, family man. Because without basics and people like Tristan De Kuna, Buckley Boland, the Bureau, Rockaby wouldn't wouldn't be there, man. Right? We we the the, the success of Rockaby. And for those that don't know, we <laughs> we ended up in DJ Mag as. The official after party of Back to Basics. Now, this wasn't a club. This wasn't a bar. This wasn't a restaurant. This was a terraced house in Hedley <laughs> that six of us lived in. Well, seven of us. Shout out, Chloe. Uh, on <laughs> um, so we basically, I had, I had I'd, um, I'd started the night with Michael Russell and Rob Bradley called Push On, two thousand and seven, and. I think with my student loan and some, some, uh, some coffers I, sa- I saved up from mowing lawns, I think I bought uh, a rubbish mixer, some Technics, and a, and a, a bad boy sound system. And, um, you always pride yourself on your sound systems. The sound system is the most important thing, bro. The sound is the most important thing. Um, we basically did a few little parties at a couple of places before uh, Rockabee. But when Rockerby hit, we sort of hit it when we got friendly with the basic sort of regulars and basics faithful, the family members. Yeah. And that is the resident DJs. That's the, sm- the smoke machine guy. That's the guy who cleans up the rubbish. That's like, all the ravers in the front. Rockerby was filled of all of them people, you know, that were there from the beginning of the night to the end. And the night started at nine o'clock on Saturday and didn't end till nine o'clock Monday night. So apart from me, I used to have a cutoff, bro. I had a cutoff. It was 11 on a Sunday. And if it was a bank holiday, I'd just go through because I had uni to get to on a Monday at nine. So Rockerby was, I mean, at one stage, dude, we had three floors in there. You know, it was like we had a, we had a main dance floor. We had a, Different uh,
0: rooms, uh, different people's rooms. Different floors, different rooms. Back to people to being like livable. Oh, dude,
1: I remember, I remember one night, right, with the amount of rubbish and cans in the basement, right? I, I I pulled a wheelie bin off the street and had a spade and was shoveling cans into a wheelie bin. Shut up! I shit you not. I shit you not. The cans were fucking knee deep. I shit you not, bro. <laughs> so to be put in the, this, I mean, to be put in the same uh, light as Keteloco basics, you know. And, and there's been some really cool parties in Leeds over the years. A few that have been unnamed. A few that have had names, you know. And loads of different crews and um, Rockaby just was a huge melting pot of of culture, I thought, you know, and it was all about the people and all about the music, because the music is number one. And the tunes we were playing, I think just sort of, they just got people loved up and, and really enjoyed with such different elements like your disco, your funk, your hip hop, you know, your reggae music, obviously with a house, a house dressing for sure, you know, but Rockaby was... It was a special time, time, man. And I mean, I know I live there 24-7. We used to throw parties on a Friday, a Saturday, a Sunday, a Tuesday night, a Wednesday morning, you name it, dude. We used to constantly DJ. And when you're constantly DJing, you get good. (laughs) I'm not saying we're any good, but you get okay. You know, you get
0: all right. So um, it was a special time. Dean's just put quiz
1: there's a quiz happening at eight o'clock, which I'm leading. It's seven fifty-three, <laughs> so we're all right.
0: To push your quiz. Push it back five minutes, team. We're, we're bonded here. This is sick. Push it back five. Come on, allow push that, Push it brother. back, bro. Push it back.
1: Ben says so. Yeah, man, it's it's so difficult to put into words, but it's all about the people. It was all about the music. I mean, did the the, the big story that that sort of came out of it was that the DJs used to play at basics. Used to come back and play at Rockaby. Tim Sheridan, Damian Lazarus, Jamie Jones was a big one. He paid for five and a half hours in our basement. It was one of the most brilliant musical experiences ever. You know, the, I remember the deck breaking halfway through and I had to fucking hold it, get this deck out and screw this up. That's back, what you know. would do, mate.
0: That's what you I would love do. At Kerry love that, and Dan's man. wedding, you were the saver of the of the sound system, mate. You I, the way you, Yeah, that's what you do, bro. I love that
1: sort of stuff, man. I always have done. Um, but yeah, R- Rockabee was only Rockabee because Basics was Basics, and we loved Basics, you know. Um, and we we did hit it at the right time, dude. It was a it was a young, carefree, wonderful environment. Summer of Love, two thousand and nine. You know, it was it was fantastic. Um, Is there any
0: scope for reunions? Is there any scope of maybe getting back involved? Or I, I know you do the radio show, and obviously you know, there's the transition into the TV world, but, you know, music is still important to you. So, oh, yeah, God. how do you see this, like, balancing out?
1: Yes, well, m- music is my number one, bro, you know.
0: Um... But you said film earlier, so where did no, it no, 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 no f- film? that was film when I was growing up. and Yeah, and... but when when did it jump? Was there a particular moment, scene, tune? I remember for me, when I God. first heard Armand Van and you don't even know me, it was number one on the charts, and I was like, what is this? And then yeah. a couple of weeks after, it was Armand Van Elden versus Fatboy Slim. And they played on Radio 1 in a boxing ring. And I was, like, spooning speakers, like, listening. like I wanted, And the first time I ever heard Basement Jacks, Armand Van Elden uh, brought in Basement Jacks Red Alert, and he just looped the... And I'm hugging these speakers, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? And I swear, right, I was maybe 15, 16... I went even into clubbing them, but I know those tunes. Them two tunes there set me off. Like years after, I can look, look, look at no. Chloe. I like what you're doing with your skills there. Uh, reunion. I like. I can't, I
1: can't. I can't. see the uh, the comments for some reason. Oh, can you not?
0: No. Oh, pretty- you're getting a lot of love. You're getting a lot of love. Dean oh, says he's pretty- going to push it back, but uh, and Chloe's <laughs> just put reunion and then the colons and then on. So yeah, clever. So- but sorry so to jump you, but yeah, is there any particular transition where it switched and then to wrap up? Is there a, an aftermath for for push on a reunion? Yeah,
1: well, um, we threw the ten-year reunion last year in Feb. Uh, it was a wicked night, man. It was really, really fun. Actually, it was like um, kind of just I kind of just pulled together a nice little lineup of people who who really like Leeds heads who meant the most to us. So. Frenchie, Tristan, the throne-shaped crew Um, and of course my main man Buckley Boland, you know, my big brother Um, you know, just sort of and and then yours truly, the Russell shouts to the Russell every time and uh, Colgill Jr. aka Dean Gatenby who's pushing the quiz back Um, so we did the reunion last year, I am definitely going to throw another party when this is all over for sure
0: and and sorry um, to make a segue to when it became more music than no, yeah. the film. Was there, was there a the standout moment? Do you was it just a natural thing, or was there a moment where it, it was like the Excalibur moment, and you're like, "Here we go."
1: You know what, dude? I, I think it was probably when when I, I went to because <clears throat> at, at school I had a shit taste in music, the worst, like happy hardcore CDs. You know, it was like uh, I the, the I was just, it was just I wasn't educated, dude rubbish and my mum is very musical so I listened to a lot of classical and a lot of um uh, 60s music so but school I was rubbish I, but I, I mean I absolutely adored Michael Jackson and when I saw Michael Jackson um it would be the uh, the bad era I think with the uh Wembley tours. it was it was unbelievable then uh that's when I was like oh man performing and music is just the one you know I've still got a massive love. I'm, 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 I'll contradict myself all night long with film and music. I just, uh, but I don't get the feeling of anything else uh, that I get when I listen to music. And I mean, any type of music, bro. Like, and I, I don't like the expression. I just like good fashion. I like, I, I, like, I like music, you know? Because so, music is so broad and you can do so many things to it. Dancing, cooking, you know, making love, you know, like ah. you can make, you know, music is just so universal, dude. And the feeling as I've had with music has surpassed, you know, food, film, you know, you, you know, you know, like sports. So, music is number one, I think. <laughs>
0: Man, I, I, I'm going to wrap on this. Uh, I'd like to say that for me, music is a time capsule. It's one of those things that can take you back, and you can uh, a lyric, a melody, even a start of a tune. And it just takes you back to a memory that you've forgotten and nice. it still feels as fresh and relevant. And I don't think there's a lot of things that touch it or reminisce or resemble those memories and can can uh bring them on as much as as much as music. So yeah, man. And I know we bonded especially over our Burning Man set, but that's oh. another chat for another day. Definitely. Thank you your time you're the mayor of g-town man like honestly Pleasure, everybody bro. in this Pleasure. group knows the levels that you are on mate. you're such a humble brother that's why i want to Appreciate start it, family vibe because it's something that you know i look up to you about and i really respect that you're about man you, you know you, you're about the life and not just the life but your family life as well and uh you're not uh you're not ashamed to put that on on top and i think that that's a massive respect and kudos to you Appreciate so, that, brother, man. Thank I you so him, much. Brooke. You're a sick guy. Love you, man. Love you. You, for, uh, love you. I look you know what? We're to gotta, uh, we just
1: gotta, we've got to take one picture right now. Are you screenshoting? Yeah. Yeah. My G.
0: My G. My that was G. good. My G. No, I, thank uh, you. I'll, thank, I'll you
1: so, thank you so much for having me. Um Brooke. You're the
0: bringer of good vibes, big, man. As if you're not bigger big
1: for what you're doing, dude. Keeping the troops buzzing with your your chat shows, your quizzes, everything you do, man. You're glowing right now, dude. You're glowing.
0: Thank you, man. Just just sparking the soul of a generation. What I'm here to do, but people like you help me be me. So thank you.